We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. You see, they told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit. Never been a threat. What are you smiling about? I always love the intro, man. It's it's Let's a it's, a, it's a very very. I, I've told you before. It 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 sets the stage for what's about to happen. So it, you want people to have that kind of a feel. Damn mm-hmm. right, baby. Back in the building. Veterans minimum, the number one sports betting vibe on the internet. Top two hundred sports and recreation podcasts, according to Feedspot and BlogPodcast.com. Shout out to both of them. Never heard either of them, but we'll take all the charts that we make. You know that's, what I'm saying? Listen, that's <laughs> that's an accomplishment, bro. Congratulations. Hey, man. You're a part of this, too, so I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, listen. A million. I was a part of a million. Uh, uh, so, somebody didn't see me a million times or heard my heard my laugh or yeah or something. Bro. I'll take it. Hey, and what, I, what did we talk about the pod last week? If the NFL is talking about Taylor Swift, we're going to talk about Taylor Swift. The best episodes have been with Taylor Swift. And then that same week, the video where we talk about Taylor Swift, which Veterans Minimum now is a pro Swifties, pro Taylor Swift podcast. We've already been down with the Chiefs, so we're pro Chiefs as well. But we did talk about that. And that's the first million, million views video that I think I've ever had. Really? That had to do with the show. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, man. Yeah. That's dope. I, I had a my first like real, real viral video was remember when Daniel Jones made his preseason debut? Oh, okay. The first way, one. Way back. The, yeah, the, the, yeah, his rookie yeah, season. His rookie preseason debut. Okay. I made a video and, and I wasn't in the video, but it got like 10 million views <clears throat> on oh. Twitter. It went crazy. It was you ever seen the Vince McMahon meme? Of Stacy Keebler dancing in front of him, yeah, and he's like, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And then the last one. one, he falls. So, yeah, Daniel Jones on that first drive completed like six straight passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. the evolution of Vince McMahon. Yeah, and that <laughs> video went crazy, and that was my first like legit viral video. I would say like vir- being viral, having a viral video. I feel like it's subjective, you know. 
Um, what do you, do you think is is a number for viral? <laughs> you're asking somebody that's never really gone viral. I've had, so well, how would you perceive that? So if you're a good person to ask. Then, so viral I, for me, like my biggest videos that were me, like thirty thousand. Mm. Like once it get once you see like dot something, you feel it. <laughs> the dot <laughs> is dope. I'll be like, oh, but it's it's random. Like it, it's so. The algorithm is so Jekyll and Hyde. It is so subjective, like you're saying, because it you just never know what's going to hit, what doesn't hit, things that you think are really dope, don't move, and then things that are stupid, you're like, that hit? You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's, it's very weird. Um, I know, look, listen, you keep posting while the algorithm's on you, though. I will say mm-hmm. that. Just keep feeding it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I would... I, I'd be walking around kind of different if I was over here sitting on a mill. I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, dude, even the the talk of the town video yeah. during the football season. What's crazy about that is I put that up on Thursday. The Browns end up beating the Niners, and prior to the game, it had like six thousand views. Mm-hmm. And then when people went back to like, "Yo, bro, he had the script. He called it." Then that got up to like four hundred thousand. Yeah, that's crazy. So I feel like you're right when you get the dot. No, no, I mean, look, because like a couple thousand, like, okay, good. I'm glad that it did. I'm glad that it did well. Yeah. When it gets to 10, you're like, hey. And then like when it just keeps, because like it's weird. You can feel when it slows down, but then sometimes it'll catch like a second wind. And it's like, what was that? It's, it's, it's very, it's very finicky. I will say that. Yeah. So that was the first one. The Taylor Swift one was the first one. Um, And it was funny because some comments some comments are like, yeah, but what did you donate? I was like, I didn't give anything. I'm defending her. <laughs> I was like, yo, I got a bunch of DMs from people being like, you SOB, you're talking about. I was like, did you watch the video? They're like, yeah. I was like, you didn't. <laughs> because I literally defended her. We yeah. praise her yeah. for the slander that she gets. But uh, yeah. shout out to everybody, man, that, that watched that video, posted that video. Um, and again, I say this all the time, the continued success that the show is having. A lot of it is because of you guys. So shout out to all of you. Thank you very, very much. If you haven't checked out the episode earlier this week, AFC Storylines with George and Impy back on the show. We had that pop in. And moving forward, I'm going to try to get as much content on the Patreon before it goes out to the public. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to take that time real quick to just shout out everybody and to give everybody some love back that you guys have been giving us. But with that being said... um. What happened today, bro? Man. So I'm, I'm jo- late. Josh was late again. I'm late. I'm not going to lie. I was, I, was, I was five minutes late. Five minutes, right? So <laughs> this was going on. This was happening, right? Because I couldn't go. You wanted to I, say it on the show. Oh, that's why. Before yeah, we yeah. I, I appreciate right. I appreciate the moment. So Because you're going to be like, what the hell in the end? So this morning, I, you know, I'm out walking Miss Nova. I, I'm in the neighborhood and there's a uh, like a wood chipper. You Miss I mean? Nova is? Is my dog. Okay. Is my dog. Nowadays, yeah, well, just gotta yeah, clarify. Cause. I mean, I'm not walking a person, but it, you, true. Hey, you never know. Hey, man, it's a different time. Um, and so, so we're out, we're out walking, whatever. I see a guy. Um, there's like a big wood chipper, right? So I take Nova back to the house. I then drive back around because, like, I'm saying hello, hello, and nobody's answering. So I'm like, all right. So me being the crazy black man that I am, I just walk in the backyard and I'm like, hey. Who's, uh, you know, you got your truck? Because I had literally, two days earlier, I had cut down a good chunk of my backyard trees. 
And so I was like ugh, dreading having to cut this all up and then put it in my trash can. So guys, like this is this is before I taped the American fan, mind you. So this is like eight, nine in the morning. So so the guys are like, okay, you know, will you pay me? I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, it's cool. I'll pull the I'll pull the you know the branches out and I'll just leave them on the on the sidewalk. You just let me know what I owe you, whatever. So I go about my day. I go tape, whatever. I get back. It's one o'clock now. He's still over at this other place. I'm like, all right. So I go back, getting ready, you know, chilling in the crib. So literally as I'm leaving, he knocks on the door and he's like, yeah, uh, how much you, you know, how much you give me? I was like, I don't know. Like, what you want? He's like, uh, 20. I'm like, okay, no problem. So I go, I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, you got Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, something. He has nothing. So all he wants is cash. So I'm like, all right. So I was like, all I got is a hundred, bro. He's like, uh, uh, I can't break it. Of course you can't. So I, I've actually got Jamal Hill's coach staying in my house right now. So I run up, Chad. Hey, you got twenty? You got twenty dollars? I can get this dude. Chad only got ten dollars. I'm like, dang. All right. So I'm trying to figure it out, and I don't want to have to go get, you know, get more money out. So I'm like, all right, fine. Here, just take the hundred, so I can make it to veterans minimum in a respectable time. Whoa. So I say all that to say, you owe me $80. <laughs> Whoa. Damn. How rich are you, bro? To just give that away like that. Not at all is the problem. <laughs> so it is what it is. Damn. You yeah. didn't need to do that. I had to because I had to get it. I had to get it done. Like it was like, you know what I mean? I was being pressed up. Oh. Yeah. He pulled out $20. All he had was $21 in his pocket. So I took it. Damn, and I bro. shot the seventy nine dollar fade. Sheesh. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm. That's late. not where I thought your story was gonna go. I thought you were gonna say something like he he told you he wanted a crazy amount without oh. you knowing it because that's happened to people too. Oh, for sure, bro. For sure. I've I make sure whenever I whenever someone comes to the last like two and a half years, I didn't live at my parents' crib, so we have like a. Pretty decent for a one-family house backyard and, you know, the driveway and shit. And we get a lot of snow in New York. Yes, you do. I don't want... My dad is like 50... 58? Yeah, 58. He'll be 58 this year. Um, heavy smoker, overweight, doesn't really take care of himself. Last thing I want him doing is shoveling. Yeah. My mom is in good shape, but still, like, you hear all these horror stories about people fucking shoveling and then they just drop, you know? Yeah. So I'll tell my parents, I'm like, yo, even when I wasn't living home, hey, we got snow coming this weekend. Or we got snow on Wednesday. Get one of the young kids from the neighborhood that come, pay them whatever it is. But do me a favor, find out how much it is before, you know, because like we've <clears throat> when I used to shovel snow and I actually learned it from shoveling snow, bro, how. One time we shoveled this lady's whole fucking crib, like the corner house, everything. Mm -hmm. and she was like, oh, 20 bucks. We're like, yo. I saw a twenty dollar job, man. We were here for like forty five minutes. Needed some more, and then ever since then, dude, I make sure that I get the answer of the amount that you want before like any job. It kind of sounds obvious, but a lot of people kind of get duped into that. Dang, that's crazy. So you used to shovel snow too, huh? Hell yeah, bro. So that's like I was the I was the ringleader for that Yo, in my too. neighborhood because well, well, I was always the one that like because my friends never I was always the friend that had to ask for people to sleep over like mm. I had to go talk and negotiate with someone's yeah, parents yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I was always the guy that was like getting everybody together to to you know shovel snow we would have like a pizza party at the crib whatever and so um 
No, I didn't ever ask. I never said what the amount was. I would always be like, what do you feel comfortable paying? Nah, bro. Yeah, That's this, why it was this a is, city thing. This, is, this is DC. Me and my boy Dom Shasadam, we would be the ringleaders and we would we would roll deep. We'd go like yeah. eight to nine people. Yep. So yep. we would shove our, our thought process was volume. Yeah. So we're like, yo, bro, well, we could in an hour, we could bang out eight houses and get two hundred dollars from yeah. those eight houses, as opposed to just him and I going bell to bell. Yeah. And we're like, yo, fuck it. Dude, we would have like Eight nine hundred dollars in cash because okay. we would, we 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 never were we were never working that oh, long, bro. We were going from like seven. We were putting a work shift in like <laughs> seven to four. Like we were hustling, bro, for real. We wanted to go sledding. Nah, so we we, had, we would go sledding the next day. <laughs> Hell no, we don't care. We had all the hills and all that, but we were thinking about and young, bro, fourteen, like all through high school, we were doing that. Oh, and okay. we would always and we would tell people like, yo, what do you want? We want the driveway. We want the garage. The garage is like on the decline, so you gotta shovel snow up Uphill, to the top, and bruh. and we'd be like, "Yo, been there." Um, seventy bucks, good. Ooh, seventy. Man, we're like, you was clapping yeah. faces, yeah. We was, oh, bro. Uh, hey, listen, we were ageist. <laughs> if you was older, price was going up because you know you wasn't doing. Hey, man, we had to do what we had to do to get the chocolate, <laughs> the fucking the hot chocolate and the pizza after as celebrations. Hey. But we did great jobs. Yo, we would supply the salt. Yeah, see, yo, we came, we had a squad. No, no, see, okay, and and that's honestly, that's one of the reasons why, I, if I have children, I would want to like move back into those kind of climates because there's little things that are forged yeah. that happen that out here it never happens. Like these kids can sit in the house, they can just vegetate. There isn't anything out there like that for them because like some of the entrepreneurial spirit and stuff that we have now, we created it back at. At eight, nine, ten, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't see that same hustler mentality. Go get it from these West Coast kids. Yo, so I I agree with you, and this is weird because we're both East Coast kids, and I know you moved around way more than I did. Um, as an adult, as an yeah, yeah, as an adult. But like, even me, what I've noticed at least, and if this offends you, it offends you. This is just my personal experience. I've always felt like people on the West Coast tend to be a little softer. And I think a lot of that has to do with the weather. Like all year round, the weather is nice. It's yeah, beautiful. It's yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's like how I think of the professional teams too. Mm -hmm. Way more finesse and flash. Yes. Where teams <laughs> in the East Coast or, or, or in the, the Northwest. Rough and tumble. Yeah, smash mouth. <laughs> Gritty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's it's like that for the, you know, Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, where, bro, it was... It was 19 degrees for like 12 straight days a couple weeks ago. You know, it's not a fun thing to go out there and, and shoveling snow and doing all that. Because you have to. Yeah, I think there's something to it, man. And I would love to one day go on like a mini documentary. Look, no, but like, a, it, like on a, a on a research project, and be like, "Yo, bro, are people on the West Coast just softer?" Well, well, look at it this way. Think about I'm becoming this. soft too, dude. I, I went to Indy. I said, was in Indy. Yeah, I was in Indy. I saw 19 degrees. Nope. Oh yeah, I can't. <laughs> well, no, think think about it this way though. Like, at what point does someone on the West Coast ever have to worry about their car not starting? Yeah, like for real. Like you have. That's not something you think about. Like, oh, it's cold. I hope the car starts. I gotta let the car warm up. For a couple minutes before these I are, get going. These are all things like they don't need auto start out yeah. here. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so I say all that to say 
I, I, I apologize for being five minutes late, but yeah, that's that's what happened. I was running around the crib trying to find twenty dollars, and I could not find it. Damn, bro, that's yeah. rough, man. Un- unfortunate. You need these parlays to hit this weekend, <laughs> then, if that's the case. Unfortunate. All right. Well, there's a couple of things I want to discuss, and uh, at the time that we're recording this episode, it's Monday, Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Um, but most of these topics are kind of like not so much time sensitive, but it's it's a lot of things that keep resurfacing, Josh, over and over again. One of them being last week, um, Kevin Durant runs onto the court. I think he gets called a bitch or a punk ass bitch, something, Some, sure. something to make him react the way he did. I'm sure everyone has seen the video by now. It's a it's a guy and a girl, old too, white, o- older, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no threat, pose pose zero threat to you yeah, or yeah, your yeah, safety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they say something to Durant. Durant turns around, he goes and confronts them. The guy says, "Yo, I have a sports podcast." Um, which is not the most optimal way to go about getting guests. You don't trash them and then try to get them on your show. That doesn't work. I used to have a friend. um, I mean, we're still friends now, but his approach used to always be on Twitter. He'd he'd like disagree with someone, call them, you know, certain words. And then he'll be like, hey, but if you want to discuss this, come on my show. And it's like, that's not the best way to go about trying to get a guest to come on your show. Um, I also feel like conversations are not cosigns. So just because you have someone on your show doesn't mean you entirely agree with them. But I also feel like you shouldn't have it be a conflict. A big problem I feel like I see in podcasting or in content creating in general is people want that like Adam 22 no jumper clip where the guy wants to swing on them. You know, like I never want to get it to a point where I anger my guests that much. I want to build a relationship with my guests I want to want them to come back on the show. And then I want to give them a feeling when they leave that, yo, you know what? When this kid tags me that I was on the show, I'll repost it, right? Brandon Marshall did that on his own. Yeah, He hit me up and was like, hey, man, I had a great time on your show. Let me know when it goes up. A lot of people, which I'm sure you've had that experience too, they tell you they'll repost it. Then they don't repost it. Yeah, But then when I tagged them, I sent them the link. He reposted it on his own. And it goes a long way. Now, if I was over there being like, your career in New York wasn't shit, bro, or whatever it might have been, which sure. it wasn't. I'm just saying off the top of my head, I'm freestyling here. That's not the right way to go about. Yeah. I, I mean, unless, I guess the only, the only, I won't even say positive, but the only positive potentially potential outcome would be if you're going viral because of these things. But you know is what I'm it saying? worth it? It's not it, worth it. It's not no, worth I'm, it. No, I trust me. I don't, you, you know me. You know me off air and then you know me right here and I'm very straight laced. Off air is a little off color. But you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to go viral based off of being ignorant. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't wish to. But it also damages your reputation because Yes, thousand percent. When when you get someone on your show, I mean what I what I've seen, right? Like I'll I'll get asked often, hey man, how'd you get so and so on your show? And I would say more so before I got to Vegas and in the studio. Mm-hmm. Because obviously it's a lot easier because of the networking and just being at a place that's a hot spot for yeah. content to be the recorded. Yeah. Right. It's it's a lot more accessible, I should say. Sure. But in the past, you get one na- big name guest, then you use that as a resource and as a olive branch to go to the next big guest that's and right. be like, hey, 
I know you haven't heard much about the podcast or who I am, but I did have so-and-so for an hour. Yep. Holy shit, you had so-and-so on for an hour? He's a buddy of mine. I, I know for a fact they interact with one another. Hey, how was, how was your time on Veterans Minimum? How was your time on American Fan yeah. 365? Ah, uh, yo, it was amazing. Dude, I couldn't believe it. Oh, okay. But if they turn to you and they're like, mm, I don't know if I would want to do a show with him again. Really? How come? X, Y, Z. All right. Hey, man, I got to reschedule. Go to reschedule. Hey, man, something came up. And then after the second time, you kind of got to get it. At least for me. Yeah. I'm pretty stubborn. If someone says no to me twice, I'm not asking you a third time. I don't care how big you are. That's, yeah. just, that's just how I am. Yeah. And with going back to this guy, and this happens all the time. And I've said this all the time. My, one of my favorite sporting events ever is Malice at the Palace. And the reason why is because some people are too comfortable confronting these athletes. And you do see it more in the NBA than any other sport. And a lot of it is also because no other sports league has the fans. Has access. Arms reach away from you. Yeah. Dude, they spit on Trey Young at that Knicks game. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Deplorable Knicks fans. That's not good. Yeah, that's... Coming from the American fan, we don't appreciate those kind of nah, things. Nah, you can't do that. And that's not an accurate depiction of all New Yorkers, though they are very passionate. I will say that. <laughs> um, it's going to be hilarious if he ends up on the Knicks. Because I've heard some things. I don't like it. I don't like it either because they got Brunson. Yeah. But I've heard yeah, some yeah. things that... I'd rather Murray go there than... than sure. Him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you just don't want that small of a backcourt with defensive liabilities. Right. Yeah, you can't have two guys that are <laughs> offensive specialists. You need to have the one and one the stack. Uh, but back to this, right? I think it happens the most in the NBA because of how close the fans are to the players. The reason why I say the Mouse at the Palace is one of my favorite events is because there are some players that they don't care if they get sued or if they have to pay a fine or get suspended. Yeah. If you act out of pocket, they're going to react out of pocket too. Yeah. What do you think should happen with these kind of interactions with uh, the fan? Well, well, I'll say this. This is I'll say this and I'll kind of leave it there. First off, Kevin Durant, you're from Suitland, but that doesn't mean PG County has to come and travel with you to work. Um, trust me, I was at work the other day. I almost choked the chick out. But you can't. Can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just is not. It, for, and, and then also, just remember, too, like I said in the beginning, they were older. Like, these weren't young kids or, you know, young punk people doing something. These, these people look like they were middle-aged. So it's like they didn't pose any threat. So, you know, you could say something or you could say one of your Kevin Durant lines and say, I could crush you with my wallet. You could say one of those and keep it pushing. She don't have to necessarily turn it into anything bigger than that. It doesn't have to be. I'm from Silver Spring. I'm right down the street from where he's from. Ask me how many fights I've been in, in my life. How many? With actual people? Not like best friends that <laughs> they're no longer here with us. Uh, yeah, one. One. In college. Big football player. And uh, he ran at your boy. Guillotine choke. Dropped him DDT. And then asked him if we were done. For about 10 minutes, he still wasn't done. I choked, I choked the life out of him. He was gurgling and everything else. Damn, bro. Arms didn't burn out. Damn. <laughs> and you never trained before? That no. Was just, that was just a mental... Oh, I mean, we wrestled. Mental like, reps? You, yeah, I mean, look, how many times did you wrestle growing up? And how many times was it WrestleMania at your crib? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, ready yeah. for my moment. 
dropped him right on right on uh, linoleum tile. <laughs> Bang. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've never really gotten into a fight before, man. Really? From New York? Nah. Wow. I, I try to avoid conflict at all costs. I mean, I've been a part of where a bunch of my friends at a nightclub one time, it was a friend's birthday, and we were promoting this big party, and, you know, we had some conflict with another group of kids from a different neighborhood. But, like, my friends, we're all good kids, you know what I mean? Like, we never, never really started anything, but one thing led to another, and, like, I've had to hold back someone, and I was, what, 22, 23? I was never really, you know, I didn't throw no punches. Kind of was just making sure I didn't get hit from the side. So, yeah, like, yeah, I kind of yeah. did, like, a bitch-ass move, kind of just, like, held the kid, and, you know, <laughs> now I would have slapped on a Darce and fucking choked him out standing. But I've never been, never, I'm very passive. I don't like confrontation, especially now that I know how to do a couple things to defend yeah. myself. I just think people are wild and you don't know who their friends are bottles get thrown especially if you're out at a nightclub so yeah i've never really gotten into into a scrap bro i I don't mess with anybody in vegas i'll tell you that vegas i diffuse the situation immediately because you do not know the level of someone's training (laughs) it's not worth it you'll think you'll think it's it's an a to b fight and then all of a sudden they drop in the stance and you're in a situation that you were not planning for like no it's not worth it and obviously, you have the telltale signs, the oh. damaged nose, yeah. the the ears, right? right? You have the ears. You probably get it, but... Any, you know, ear, after, any ear situations, I'm out. Yo, so after I had that conversation that I wanted to have cauliflower ear, I backtracked on it. Thank God. I feel like I'm more of an assassin looking the way I look because I don't look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> but I am a trained killer with these hands, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like... If you were to pick me out, you'd be like, yo, that's, that's the one. one. That's yeah. the one I'm going to go at. But that ain't the one, bro. <laughs> so I have one of these on. You night, want, night. Wait, you, you want cauliflower here? Nah, not anymore. There's no way. We nah. we got we to look. We got to stay corporate, baby. You can't, yeah, 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 can't be yeah. messing around and, and start looking puffed up. <laughs> People start get, get a little get a little edgy <laughs> around you. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I did, I did want it for, for New Year's. That was going to be my thing. And then all my friends that have cauliflower, they're like, bro, it's it's not. It's the attention. You don't want it. But I do feel like it's more it's more deadly when, you know, you kind of. You, you didn't see it. You don't, you, you don't, you don't look the part. I don't, I don't look the part. I don't look the part. Until it's, you know what I'm saying? But I do think that this stuff happens a lot in the NBA. Obviously, his former teammate with the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Russ used to always get into it and continues he's, I mean he had an incident earlier this year and I feel like every time that this stuff surfaces I talk about the mouse at the palace I feel like it's it's one of the marquee one of my favorite top five sporting events that don't feature my favorite team wow I think it's that important man because there, there are some people that I've sat next to or I've been at an arena or a stadium and they heck, they heckle fans. Uh, sorry, they heckle players. And there's a line, right? Like every athlete I talk to, there's a fine line. Like, yo, you suck. They could, they live with that. Oh, you know, good shot when he airballed it. You know, like he's with us. He's with us. He's with That's us. That's my right? favorite like, joint. Yeah, yeah. He plays. He plays for our team. Yeah, yeah. He got the wrong jersey on, bro. <laughs> we get it. You know, shit like that they could deal with. But yeah, when yeah. it gets personal and. Yeah. You know, you start heckling their families or their religion, like you saw with Habib and Connor, like that whole incident. Like, there's certain lines that I think you don't cross, especially in sports. Now, in fighting, I don't agree with it, but I understand. 
You want to get under someone's skin. You want to play the mind games. I, I selling a fight. Right. I understand. There's the pay-per-view aspect. I get that. Again, I don't agree, but I understand. And I think both could be true. But when it comes to these type of interactions, like, and you see how the guy completely squared up, not squared up, but changed up when Durant turned to him. And of that's course. what happens. It's yeah. like, yo, you're a bitch. And then when he turns to you, you're like, oh, dude, I didn't mean that. Right. It's like the same thing when someone heckles you on comments. Oh, okay. You were going to say that. No, I was going to say it's exactly like uh, when someone flicks you off in traffic out here. People don't, we don't do that on the East Coast. There's not all this, you know, F you and all that stuff on the East Coast because people are crazy. But out here on the West Coast, I got flicked off in traffic the other day and it's like the second they see your face and they see you looking back at them like this, it's like, and so that, that was, that was the switch up that I like, that was the exact switch up when I saw it that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know, man. I, I I don't condone some of the actions from fans when it comes to things like this. You know, like you want to say someone sucks. Um, you want to do what I did when Joe Harris was at the free throw line, and I was like, "Yo, how was eleven?" Right, and I get the smirk out of his like that. That's yeah. that's fun. That's playful. But I just think you got to be careful, bro. I really think you got to be careful. I think that there should be a waiver signed with every ticket that you purchase that the athlete is not liable. I'm not saying the athlete should just randomly go around whooping someone's ass. I'm not saying that, but if confronted, if if being, these things happen, yeah, if you're instigating, yeah, like Marcus Peters one time, he ran up to the stands. He was like, "Yo, bro, the team, the player parking lot is lot eight. I'll see you there." Yeah, guy didn't show up. It's like it's all fun and games until they confront you. So it's like internet trolls, right? Yeah, I've had some interactions where people like. They'll kind of DM me or like say something like, yo, you a bitch, you know, whatever it might be. And then when I respond, they're like, oh, bro, I didn't think you would respond. And I'm getting that. And I'm like nobody in yeah. comparison to pro athletes and sure, sure. So I don't know. Let us know. At Veterans Minimum, leave a comment in the, in the YouTube comments and let us know what you think about this. It, it's been a passionate take of mine for years, bro, where I really do love the Malice at the Palace. I think it's a, it's a very important sporting moment. Um, that happens often. And it kind of segues into another thing I want to discuss with you. Um, and you're way, way more of a college fan than I am. But um, that's not even debatable. But hot button topic over the last week has been the storming the court. Oh, we love it. You love it. It's what makes college college. Right. It's It's always dope when it's like, down goes number two. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like Liberty beats someone for the first time that's ranked like ever. Rivalry games. Right. I get it. How do you think they should police it? You don't. So you're, you're like, cool with it just like running well, wild? Well, because like I'll put it to you like this. Kids now, especially now, these kids for the most part, they're not being destructive. It's all in fun. Mm. Um, now, granted, what happened now also remember the the kid from Duke, because I know that's what you're going at, the kid from Duke, he pushed someone first. Right. If you just sit there and put your hands up and let them run past you, they're not running into you. They're not, that's not really what they're doing. Usually now, if you're catching a liquored up frat boy, you never know. Right. But he like pushed like a girl. Like it was like, he didn't push anybody. Like it was, you know what I mean? He didn't push anybody that was a threat or that was going to hurt him. And then in him pushing him, he stumbles and then twists his ankle. And then they're like, oh, stop storming the court. Like, First off, my man got weak ankles like that. Like, what? Like, I was like, how did this even happen? It's but been I, a, I love it. Yeah. Kyle Filipowski. 
The debate has been whether or not he initiated the contact, the contact with mm-hmm. the fan. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Caitlin Clark get like during a, a a court rushing? Did she get hurt? I think she got like bumped over. Oh, I, I'm pretty I, sure Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark fan incident. I'm not sure. Yeah, a, little, a fan collided with her at, at, at Ohio State game. Okay, now that's a little different because it is ladies. And ladies, you know, look. But yeah, when you get blindsided. Yeah. Like, we were talking about Travis Kelsey a couple of weeks ago, right? With the, with the <laughs> Andy, Andy Reid thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look. Did he shove him and he was off balance? And you were, you were kind of like poking fun at Andy Reid. Like, the knees, the knees got to get in better shape and all that. But I also think, like, bro... If you're talking to Brian in the control room, yeah. and I just come from the, and like hip check, hip check you, me, <laughs> you're gonna do a little stumble, bro. It doesn't matter how old you are; it's gonna throw you off guard, right? How many <laughs> fighters you know say that the punch that like KOs them oftentimes is not the one that that hits the hardest? Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. one that after the wild exchange that they don't see coming. It's never the the straight right. <laughs> yeah. It's like the check left hook yeah. when they're coming in and they're not expecting it. So. With, like, Caitlin Clark, she got blindsided when she collided with the Buckeye fan. And then this dude on Duke, also kind of the initiation of it. I think that's what makes college sports dope when they do rush the field or rush the court. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you police it. They've tried. they Because they find these schools. It's not as if they haven't tried. Right. Like, these these schools get fined, uh, like, six figures every time it happens. Right. So that's why you don't see it happen as much anymore. But these kids are going to be kids. You know what I'm saying? And you don't got enough security <laughs> to stop the, stop 10,000 kids from just pouring onto a court. You just don't. You just got to let them go. It's similar to uh, January 6th. Sometimes you just got to just gotta <laughs> know and hold them, know and fold them. <laughs> just let it happen, baby. Dude, I, when, it's, when it's like powerhouse schools that go down. Yeah. Like you never see the court being rushed when Duke beats UNC, right? Unless it's a big one, like unless it's like overtime, it happens. It does happen. It does happen. But not I, as much lately, but it does happen. I feel like it happens way more often when it's Hofstra. Yes. Yes. Beating Purdue. Yeah. It, well, anyone, normal, <laughs> any, anyone of note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never. It's never the school like the big schools. At least yeah. that's what I'm know. But again, I'm gonna defer to you on this one because no. I mean, you're wearing a college basketball jersey. You're way more looped in into college sports. Everyone knows how I feel about college. Sports in general, I'm just not a fan of it. Um, I think the product is just not good, personally. Um, but that's a whole other episode we could dedicate to that. <laughs> I just think with the storming of the fan, the fans storming onto the court, you see it, a lot of people's take was, let the players get off the court first, and then you could storm, which I get. But it's like with, are you a soccer fan at all? Yeah. So you know how in soccer now, whenever it's a razor-thin like uh, potential offsides call. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a double celebration. Right? The yeah. guy scores the goal and then VAR is going to check it and you're like, oh, okay. You know, so <laughs> it takes away from the aura of the holy shit. Of the know? moment. Yeah, because it's like when a, when a team also, it's third and eight and the pass gets broken up by the DB. You're just expecting a flag to come out. And then when it's not, you're like, yeah. So at first you're like, yeah, complete. And then you're like, 
yeah, it's a turnover. They're punting. Because, bro, tell me not. Am I wrong? No, you're 100% right. Because, listen, every single time on third down, it is incomplete. I'm like, no flag, no flag, no flag, no flag, no flag. Every single single, So there's a double, there's a double reaction. Yes, yes. There's a, oh, shit, it was incomplete. And then, oh, shit, it wasn't a flag. Success. And, And then the same thing happens with VAR in soccer. Yeah. A guy will score a goal and especially nowadays with the betting element too, mm. where I'll have someone to score a goal anytime goal score, they'll score the goal. And I'm like, oh shit, they show the replay. I'm like, oh my God, was his left arm onside? And it wasn't. And then there's a double reaction. And then the reason why I'm saying all this is because with the rushing of the court, whenever this happens, what are you going to wait five minutes after the game ends to get everyone off the court? And they, like, it's, okay, not come as, on. it's not as organic. It's not as natural. So I don't know how you police it. You don't. I think you kind of just got to let it be. And maybe you have more security lined up for when there is the number one team on the road against a rival and you know they're down eight, the number one team. (laughs) It's Uh, like, hey, maybe we get the security out there a little quicker because we know that they're going to rush the court and it's going to be an issue. That's fair. I, I I put it actually on the coaching. Coaches. Let your players know the route to the, like, how we're getting out of here. Because, I mean, most of the time, you know when the fans are going to storm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like it's a... That's what I'm saying. It's not a surprise. Also, you know what I'm it's saying? never a surprise. Like, yeah. if... All right, let's just say... Let's just say UNC is the number one team in the country, and they're okay. playing North Carolina State. Yes. Right? That's and, a stormable situation. And, and uh, NC State is up 12 with three minutes left. Hey, security. Get ready. You know, they're they're seven and thirty. <laughs> and UNC is undefeated. They're about to go down. Right? They're not gonna make the NIT, but this is the biggest win that they're gonna have. Hey, security. There's three minutes left. Maybe we get some extra security there. Cause you know it's not gonna be random. Yeah. You know what's gonna happen. Three minutes, three three minutes is twelve minutes yeah, to get you ourselves. Have together. Enough time. Be prepared. Hey, yo, uh you, you know, the last eight on the bench, early start to the locker room. All right, guys, you know, coach, I'm the coach, you're the coach. Hey, man, we know what's about to happen. The crowd's all liquored up and shit. Everyone's getting crazy. We're we're not going to shake hands. It's it's not, we're not being dicks. We're not being salty that we lost, but for the safety of the players, for the safety of us, we're going to get a head start. Put it on the coach. And it's way easier to patrol five players that are on the court as opposed to, what, 20? 15, 15, 20? 20 with managers and assistants. You're probably up to 30 at that point. Yeah, right. So, That's what I would do. Thousand percent. I, I like I said. I, I you think put it it's, on the arena and you put it on the the, the, the security team. Yeah. I, I for me, it's it's like you said. It's the coaches. Um, yeah. You know I mean, just the coaches got to tell the kids how to get out of here, where we're going. Don't you know? Don't sit and dawdle on the court longer than you have to. Just buzzer sounds. Get out of here. Yeah. You know I mean, because like there's plenty. There's plenty of avenues to get to. Because the you know because they it's not this isn't the Celtics Lakers where they're storming on the court with five seconds to go right you know what I mean like they're waiting for the buzzer so at that point get to the sideline and then make your exit it ain't that deep if you're sitting in the middle of the court you you could be a target mm. you get to the sideline ain't no problem why do you think it only happens in college because security like the NBA don't play that the NBA doesn't play that at all like think about it like when it's the finals now. Like they they start you know they start roping they start putting the uh, the curtains and stuff up like that stuff starts happening 
five, six minutes to go depending on how close the game is. Mm. Like, I'll put it to you like this and this hurts for me to even say it out loud. Uh Um, In Miami, when when Ray Allen hit that shot and and, uh, and the Spurs were in position to win the finals, they had already started like carting everything off. I was on my way to China uh, and that Ray Allen shot Cost me forty thousand dollars. So yes, you've told this story. Yeah, that before. that one that one still hurts. But but yeah, like they were, you know, they prepare. That's all I'm saying is they they they're ready. They don't. It's not like it's catching them by surprise, right? And also because it's the final game. Like you, you know, what I mean, you know that this is the game where things could pop off. Like fans aren't storming the court game two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Okay, it's game five. It's game six. Series could clincher. be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Totally that's different. a good point. Totally different. I never I never thought about. That. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's a good point. Okay. Before we continue the show, let's do a Patreon roll call and shout out to the Patreon. We are at 78 Patreon members. As you can see here, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have a $1 tier, a $5 tier that gets you access to all the betting picks, all access to the Discord. Shout out to the members of the Discord. We hit a 12 to 1 Brian Ortega round three prop. Brian Ortega by submission uh, from the last UFC. A lot of Champions League soccer bets. Uh, Luca for MVP. We made a bet on that. And Jason Tatum for MVP. We'll get to those in just a little bit. Mm. $10 tier. You have to be in the $10 tier for the month of February to be eligible for the Super Bowl helmet. We are going to give that away live on the show next week. So you have until February 29th. You get an extra day. Shout out to the leap year to be a member of the Patreon for the month of February. And then we have a $20 tier. You get access to merch discounts on the show, on the merch store, excuse me, merchandise.veteransminimum.com. You get discounts if you're in that tier. And then we have Roll Call, which you're about to hear right now. Big ups to the paid members of the Patreon who are in the Supermax and the franchise tag. We got Daniel Gibson, Mahul Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben Coetzean, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Dylan Chadwick, Jerry Shapiro, Jordan Riley, Mike Stevens, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, and Thomas Robinson. Thank you all for your contributions. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Let's get to 100 Patreon members, man. Let's get to 100. Okay. 
Bro, is it crazy that I know almost all those dudes' names by heart in the order that you're going to say them in? So I read them in order. Like every, every time. time. Every time. And I know, in, like, yeah. it's like Derek Platees, Nick Crummich. Let's go. Like, 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 like hey, I like, know their names at this point. Hell yeah. Shout out to all you guys. I don't know you, but I've heard your name so much. It sounds like you're a nice gentleman. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, that fan to the Patreon. Hey. Everybody's nice. Everybody's <laughs> nice that listens to the show. They're They're... Great guys. You know, we have great girl. Great guys. There it is. You know? there Just it leave is. it open-ended. Let everyone else interpret it this way. We don't get in trouble. That's it. Okay. Uh, I want to talk some hoops for you. Um, Luca for MVP has now moved to plus 450. Last week when we mentioned it, it happened exactly how we said it was going to happen. Now, it wasn't my MVP pick, though I agreed with Impy. On the timing, I mentioned Jason Tatum, Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, his odds have actually went the opposite direction. Yes. They're getting worse, where Luca's got better. And a lot of this stuff with betting is finding the right time to make the bet and jumping on the momentum before the shift happens. Example, last week we were talking when we recorded, we said, yo, if you want to bet Luca for MVP, bet him right now before they play the Suns on TNT. It's the marquee national game of the week, of the <laughs> night. Don't wait until after because he might drop 50, might drop 40. He ends up having 41. Yeah. Just absolutely violates the Suns every time he gets a chance because of the history between them in the playoffs and the animosity. There is a mutual respect between him and Booker, but those guys on the court, they don't like each other. And it's cool where nowadays in the NBA, everybody's buddy-buddy. You've talked yeah. about this with the AAU stuff that you've seen, and everyone trains together in the offseason, and everyone goes to each other's birthday parties, and everyone's like buddy-buddy and Instagram tagging each other, where when you do have some of that hostility, it's pretty dope. It reminds you of the glory days of, you know, everyone is subjected with glory days, but it reminds you of the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. And... What happens is Luca goes out there, he drops 41, they win that game, and then his odds get basically cut in half. Mm-hmm. Now, the front runner is still Jokic. He's about minus 150 in many books. Then it's SGA at around plus two to one. And then you have Luca now at plus 450, plus 500. About half, if you bet it when we said, that's why a lot of betting is capitalizing on. You're making an investment for the future. It's no different than the stock market. You're buying low on a stock yeah. because you think, oh shit, in a year from now or in a couple months from now, it's going to, there's going to be some merger or some shit is going to go down that's going to elevate it. It's the same thing with betting. I saw a lot of people in the Wall Street, they go into the pro poker, pro betting, mm-hmm. like side quests. And then eventually that becomes their thing. They build all these Excel sheets and shit and they have all these programs and algorithms but that's a whole different topic but back to this do you think Luca's the MVP right now? Save your money folks Mm. in the 60 years almost 70 years of the award it has only gone out one time to a player that is not in the top three in the conference or the league that was Russ back in 2016, 2017. Uh, uh, don't worry. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. Because, and, dude. Well, hey, look, and, I, and I'll say this. Right now, they are the, uh, they're the eight seed, the Mavericks are. So they're barely even in the play-in, really, right now. They're still on the cusp. 
The Mavericks have been wildly inconsistent, even mm. though Luka has played so well. Um, but it's it's a you're burning your money if you if you take this bet. I'm just letting you know right now. It looks pretty, but it's not going to turn out the way you want to. Man, the reason why I'm sighing and people that have been listening long enough, shout out to all of you, but you know where I'm going with this. He wasn't the MVP that year. He shouldn't have been. You're talking about James Harden. James Harden was definitely the MVP. I, see, well, I'll say this. It was like 102 rebounds that prevented him from having a triple-double for the year that year. That's right. And I bring this up because you're right. He need, You need to historically be a top-four seed. Top three, really. Usually, th- yeah. yeah. It's it's usually one or two, and then three. Sometimes, like Embiid last year, I think, was the three seed. Yeah. Like, it's it's even rare for that. You know what I mean? Like, it's usually one or two. Yeah. I, I actually went back and looked, because I was like, oh, Bob Pettit. No, they were the number one seed. And then, dude, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to spare everyone with my rants about Russ and James Harden, but... The you, year, really, you really think that it was it was James Harden that year? Yeah, bro, because then the next three years, Russ averaged a triple-double also, and he became a worse and worse MVP candidate every year. Every single year after that. Uh, well, I guess the only thing— Dude, he though, averaged a triple-double with Washington, didn't he? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, but, uh, but Nowhere near the MVP. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this. I'll, the only thing I'll say to that is, remember, this was also coming off the heels of Kevin Durant leaving. Right. We didn't know what, like, oh, that's, that's they're going to tank. That's what then, originated the narrative. You know what I'm saying? And he, yeah. he, went from, he went from a very good all-star, you know, good player to, oh, he's a franchise player. And this is the first time we've seen this in 50 plus years. You got to give it to him. Because, it, because it, in the nature of what that award really is, because if you take Russell Westbrook, especially that season, off that team, they were a lottery, borderline number one draft pick team. You put him on that team, and now we're talking like, oh, okay, we're in the playoffs and we actually can make some noise. So, and you know, I don't really care for James Harden's style of basketball. So I definitely was not, I was rooting hard against that one. I was like, there's no way they could give it to Harden. You know what I mean? But, you know. It's, it's hard for it not to be, it's hard for it not to be Jokic. This um, year. He is the favorite. His numbers are comparable to what they were in 21 and 22 when he won the MVP. Around the same amount of points. He's averaging more rebounds this year than he did the first year he won MVP. Um, and his assists are way up. He's he's almost averaging a triple-double. Which is absolutely absurd. And look, right now at the, at the time of recording, he's 26, 12, and 9.3 per game. Right? That's assists. Bro, he has effortless 14 assist games. Yes. He has, In the first half, he'll be yeah. like at eight, nine. The amount of times that he needs like two points, a rebound, and an assist at halftime to, to, to get a triple-double in the second half, it's, it's wild. <laughs> but it's, it is also an arbitrary number, the triple-double. Like it's, you know, like I, I've always had this, this take, right? You and I play a game. You have 15, 12, and 10. Yep. I have 38, 8, and 7. Who had a better game? Who had you, a more impactful game? You did. Right. But I didn't have a triple-double. You did not. But you did. It's but, not It's but, not sexy to label, right? Like, yeah. it's, oh, Josh had a triple-double. That sounds way better than, oh, Nick had 38. It's like longer, right? It's not as, we haven't, we haven't given it a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the NFL when I talk about defenses for you to be a historic defense you gotta have a dope nickname yeah. the 85 Bears the doomsday defense the, of the, the Cowboys the Steel Curtain Steel Curtain the LOB Legion of Boom 
uh, Orange Crush for yeah. the, for the uh, Broncos. Yeah. Or some other ones. The, I uh, mean, the Giants had like the NASCAR package. Like yeah, they invented yeah. a new thing where it's like, yo, you know what, bro? Let's just put all our defensive ends out there at the same time to rush the passer. Yeah. We don't need a defensive tackle. So you 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 become known as something, right? Yeah. So that's the thing where it's a triple-double. We've attached that nickname to it or, or the description of it, but they're not as impactful as some other, you know, other box scores or other performances that people have. I, I still think, well, okay. I'll say in today's game, it's not nearly the same because rebounds are so much easier because there's so many bad shots being taken. There's so mm. many more shots being taken. And there's not like, basically, I'll put it to you this way. When my brother played in the league, there were certain guys that had certain roles. So my role was to rebound. That was my main focus on the court. If I get buckets, great. Like Dennis Rodman, you know, there were certain guys that their job was literally set screens, rebound, hustle. You know what I mean? If you, you could have a 15-point game and then you could have some two-point games. But like it wasn't like my job is to, you know, to have plays run for me and all that kind of stuff. A triple-double back then, like Grant Hill used to get a lot of them. But it was much harder because you're fighting other guys on your team that also rebound. Like that's how they get paid. So a lot of times players would box out for this player. Like Ben, ben Wallace, like it was interesting when, when Jerome played in Detroit, players would always fight Jerome for his stats. Mm. When Jerome got traded, those same players then turned around and started boxing out for Ben Wallace because that was like the only way that he was going to get paid. And so then it was like Ben would go get 15 rebounds. It's like, man, hold on, man. That same dude was tackling Jerome to try to get a rebound. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just different. It's, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. But um, it's still, to me, look, I, I promise you, you still try and do it in 2K. Every time you play, it's like, oh, I got, I got 15 assists. I might be able to go and go do something today. Like, you know, it's still, there's still something to it. Even, as, even, even though so many more players do it now, it's still, there's still something to it. What do you think of this debate that's been, you know, pivoting off Luka and even Jokic too, though Jokic is a lot older than the guys that I'm going to mention now. And uh, it all stems from the interview that Stephen A. Smith, friend of the podcast, Stephen A. Smith. Legitimate friend of the podcast. Um, he had an interview with Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards said that he's better than SGA and Luca, And that's because Stephen A. grouped them together. I was like, yo, these are your peers. Mm -hmm. You guys are within a year of each other. Yeah. This is who you're coming up with. You guys are the next generation in the league arguably faces of the league potential. I want to ask you the, you know, a game that everyone likes to play. Start, cut, bench. SGA, Luca, and Edwards. Yep. Uh, first up, obviously you're starting Luca. Um, he does the most. He's done the most. Mm -hmm. He's taken his team. He's led a team to the conference finals. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously right now leading the league in scoring. Um, do you like how he plays? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I love the I love watching Luca play. Um, I do too, but you know what I sometimes he does feel very James Harden Rockets. You think so? It's a lot even with Kyrie, bro. There's a lot of just huh, hero ball with him. And look, it ends up more like he's a way more efficient. Like 
he's way more efficient with his shooting than mm-hmm. James Harden was. Like, yeah. Harden was more of, uh, you catch him on the right night, he might be better than Steph Curry. Yes. Like from three. Oh, no, a thousand percent. He'll, you know, he was a part of a Rockets team that missed like 27 straight threes also. Yes. So yes. he'll have those like four of 20 from three as well. Um, Luca, though, his hero ball tends to be more successful. Yeah. I just think a lot of it is ISO step back three from 40 feet. That's wild and necessary. It's great for the gram. Scack. Like, yeah. I'm like, God bless it. Right. That's what we're giving up. We're, we're giving up 40 footers from yeah. the logo. Splat. Like, like, dude, no. how many people you think when they're defending, they're like, I'll, I'll live with you taking that shot. And then it goes in. Like yeah. Paul George got a lot of shit for the Damian Lillard, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. shot that he hit when he was on the Clippers at the time. Yes, yes, yes. Um, was he at that or was he with the Thunder? No, 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 no Paul no, George no. was with the Clippers. No, no, no. Paul George was on the Thunder at that point. That was the Thunder. It was? That was the Thunder. Thousand okay. percent. Yes, yes, okay. yes. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. You said Paul George and I said Paul Pierce in my head. So I was, I was like, he was on the Clippers. But no, no. Paul George, that was with the Thunder. Yeah. And he was like, I live with that shot. It's a bad shot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a bad shot. So when, when, when Luca goes crazy on NBA Twitter and, you know, now, nowadays, the NBA was the first league to adapt with social media better than everyone else. Mm. They didn't they didn't take down your posts for copyrights. They didn't you didn't get flagged and demonetized. They still to this day do the best job of, "Hey man, you're only helping our league and our product if you're reposting it on House of Highlights or all these other accounts or even if you're a a startup dude with a podcast, they'll let you I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but they did the best job, I think, of everyone. And Adam Silver has yeah. mentioned that in the past. How, yeah, man, we're not going to punish you for reposting our stuff. Like, it's only going to help our league. The reason why I say that is because these three guys in particular are very popular in NBA circles, both with fans and, like, media. And the things that they do is because their games are so unique. And Luca, I think he plays a lot of hero ball. But again, it is way more successful than what Harden was. But there is a lot of just standing around. He's going to do something. Make magic happen. Make magic happen. And it does happen way more often than it did with Harden. I would much rather have Luka than Harden. But what I'm saying is... Luka plays defense. Luka also has these crazy moments. And he's just way more successful, I think, with Harden. Even though he don't have the hardware. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah, I've I've said on my show, Luca is today's Larry Bird. If you wanted to know what Larry Bird would look like, it, you know, when people say, "Oh, Larry Bird couldn't play today," I point directly, squarely at Luka Doncic. Both in terms of when you when you talk about that step back, because when that guy, when you know, when he's stepping back from forty feet, and that guy doesn't play it honest, or he overplays it, well, now he's on your hip. And now you're not going to get back in front of him because he's going to play at his pace and you're stuck. So it's like you do have to guard everything, which and that makes him even more dangerous because he can play off of that. You know what I mean? Like whether he's hitting it or not, he's, you still have to respect it. Um, but but I, I, I absolutely love his game. I love his game. Um, I, I don't think they needed Kyrie. They needed more. I think he needed more athletic wings playing with him. 
another ball-dominant guard that also needs the ball and also likes to massage the orange. That never, I, I never thought that that was the right marriage, personally. And now they're kind of married to it. So it's like, uh, you know, but at least Kyrie's been quieter. So that hasn't been as much of an issue. Shit, do you think, I mean, look, we got to, let's be honest. I love Jalen Brunson. But at the time, you view it as an upgrade getting Kyrie for Jalen Brunson. A thousand percent. Would you do that now? No. No. But do you think Brunson could be the Brunson he is in New York with Luka? No. Same thing. So it's a weird dynamic. Same thing. And, and you know what? That goes back to when we were talking about Russell Westbrook with Kevin Durant. Russ was never able to truly ever be Russ until Kevin left. And then it was his team. And then he actually could more use his voice and be more out there, both as a leader and as a player on the team. Um, Jalen Brunson needed to go to New York to actually really showcase what he could be. Because like when, when the Knicks got him, I was like, oh, that's a horrible deal. I didn't like that deal at all. He made me very, very wrong. And I have no problem saying it. You know what I mean? But like in the, when that happened during the summer, I was like, oh, God, New York, that's a horrible call. Because his dad's on the on their coaching staff. <laughs> like, that's how I looked at it. Hey, man, a lot of, listen, a lot of people felt that way. It's not just you. A lot of Knicks fans felt yeah. that way. Oh, my God, we got punked again. We're giving someone that shouldn't make. Yeah. And now you're looking at it like, All shit, star. man, he might be the best free agent move the Knicks ever made. Bang for your buck? Spreewell. Yeah. That's but, like, but like, that's, that would be the list. Right. It's a short uh, list. Um, Amari Stoudemire. Amari for the first 50 games before and then he, he got hurt. hurt. Before yeah. He got hurt. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I mean, I remember Amari just like, that was, that was a fun time and people got micro fracture. God bless it. That thing. Look, man, it's, there, there's not a team that a fan base wants to be good more than Knicks fans want the Knicks to be good. You're like a Knicks fan, right? In any sport. Yeah. It's the one. It's the one team that I think, like, bro, the city would fucking burn down, dude. You know what? I and don't like everybody would like the cops would even be like, "Yo, we get it." <laughs> <laughs> I don't we'll even, have these riots would be wild. I don't even think it would be riots. I think people would be so happy. When um, I say riots, I mean like oh no, Canadian no, it, riots. <laughs> Where it's like gently flipping over cars and then like turning them back over, you know, like. <laughs> We're just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Like it's, it's the Knicks of, of all, all sports teams, I think. Yeah. That, there's, there's not one where, cause like, bro, it's the, it's the Mecca of basketball. It's, it's New York. It's dude, they're, they're a top 10, like valued franchise in the world. And they've been shit for 22 of 25 years of the last 25. Like, yeah. This year, last year, the, the like a mellow year in a there. A mellow year in 2012. <laughs> yeah. The rest has been and Lynn Sanity for six days. <laughs> so That's, think about when they are it. good, bro. Like, dude, even when the Knicks, this was the wackest part about growing up in New York. And, and now at least the team is good. And it's a team that the fans love. Like, let me ask you this question as a fan. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like, because when you're a fan, you're, you're in it for life. Like, of course. No, no real fan switches teams. That's right. right. I, I don't trust you if you switch teams. Neither do I. I feel like loyalty is one of my best qualities. Yeah. I'm a very loyal guy. I've been a Mets and Knicks fan my whole life. I felt pain. 
Yeah. I, I'm still down with the Giants, even though we're down bad. Only That's the right. Panthers you, have worse Super Bowl odds than us. That's all right. Your Giants have won. But do you feel, because I feel as if there are times where I'm in love with my team, and then there are other times, like now, I, I like my team. Does that make sense to you? Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm I mean, not going to betray them, but you're not dictating my week like you did when you were good. When I know the Giants are good you're and they in. lose... That fucks me up for the week. Yes. This past year, my friends don't even troll me, bro. Yeah, that's you right. know, like that's another way to determine if your team is good or not. <laughs> my boys don't even hit me up. Like all my friends that are Cowboys fans are like, bro, what are we going to say to you? We've beaten you 11 or 12 straight times. Like my friends that are Eagles fans, like it don't even, my, my friends that are Jeff fans, like they're down bad too. But I'm saying like, <laughs> it's not even fun anymore. It's not but even do worth you it. feel. Because I feel as if there are times where I'm in love with my team and there are other times where like, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, well, I'll put it to you like this. Look at the jersey I'm wearing right now. Ask me how many minutes of college basketball I've watched. It would be zero. <laughs> I know no kids' names right now. Like I, I was talking on, on the show earlier today about how to bet March Madness and you bet the coaches. Do not bet these children anymore. You bet the coaches. You look at what what this coach's history is. Now, you're going to get it wrong every now and again. Like, sometimes people just have Cinderella years. But by and large, the same coaches are always Sweet 16 or better. They don't get upset because they know how to manage the children. They know how to manage the moments. And they know how to, to set things up and get their kids ready to play for one day. Mm. You know what I mean? And so more than ever, especially now with kids, all the NIL and all the kids, you know, transferring and the portal and all that stuff, now you bet coaches more than any other time if you ever want to make a bet on college. You bet coaches. This time of year, coaches, 1,000%. Um, but yeah, to your point, 1,000% agree. Um, I feel that way about my capitals right now. Like We're like, I, but they're not, they're not dictating my life. And yo, let me, let me also add more perspective and context to this. I don't want people to be like, oh, you only like them when they're winning. No, no, no. Incorrect. <laughs> Are you fun? Yeah. Like, I, the one Giants team I really, really liked didn't even win. Mm. It was the year Plaxico shot himself. Okay, okay. Right? It was the year after they won. Yes. But, dude, they were going into places and, like, violating teams. They were, like, 11-1. Yeah. They went into Pittsburgh. They beat the Cardinals, the two teams that ended up going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they were brash, like OC was talking shit, Tuck was talking shit, Eli got some swag under him because he became, now it was more, like people forget that before the Giants won the Super Bowl, there was some questions in New York like, yo, is he the guy? Yes. Right, that was year four of Eli, I'm pretty confident. And like usually, yes, yeah. yes, because it was 03. Yeah. It was 03. 04 he got drafted. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 07 they won. So 04, yeah. 05, 06, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Year like four. four, four usually three. after like 18 games, 18 months, a year and a half, going into your second season, you have an idea who the guy is. Right? That's why like Matt Ryan winning the MVP nine years after he like that, like that don't happen. Yeah. Right? Stafford winning a, a Super Bowl 14 years into his career. Like, that's pretty rare shit that happens. Yes. Usually you win early and then we'll see you win again. But for you to just, your first MVP is year 10 is like, yeah. what happened? <laughs> Crazy shit happened. And I say all this because it's not just my team winning that makes me like love this team. Like, bro, there was a, 
there was a New York Rangers team that got knocked out in like the Eastern Conference Finals to the Devils that I was in love with too. Mm-hmm. Like Dan Girardi and mm-hmm. Delzato and like obviously Lundquist and shit. And like Kreider was a young buck. Cal- he was Ryan, a baby at that Ryan point. Callahan. Like that team was like lovable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't mean that, oh, this team just wins that I like them. And that's that's what I think about with with like my teams. And that's what I wanted to ask you too because I've kind of been sitting on this take after a conversation I had with my friends on on Xbox. We were just talking about it. I was just wondering if I, if like I'm crazy to think that way. No, no. I mean, I, I look at it this way. Um, I'm a fan of all of my teams, but I also know which one of my teams are going to mess my week up or make me not a nice person. And so if I know that you're going to disappoint me, like right now, I will, I refuse to watch the Wizards. Because why? Why am I going to subject myself to horrible basketball, bad decisions, and I'm just cursing at the screen for four hours? I'm, I'm not going to do it. It's not, it's, it's not that deep. I can just be like, yeah, I said that we should have kept Beal and, and Chris Tapps, like, yeah. <laughs> and just kind of hold on until and I'll see what we do. But yeah, that doesn't make you a bad fan. Um, it's, it's, you're, that's just where your team is right now. You check in on them, make sure they're all right. You know, Make sure you're not making dumb decisions like, you know, is it the coach's fault? Don't fire that coach if it's not his fault that his team is trash. Like, you know what I mean? Little stuff. But um, but no, no, you're you're a thousand percent on board. Yo, it's like with the Mets, right? I, I love Lindor and Alonzo. Yeah. But the team blows. Thousand percent. So like I, I love that team. I just don't I don't have any faith or any confidence in them. Yeah. We got super sidetracked on the start <laughs> cut and bench. I agree with you that I think it's Luca. Yes. My bench, I think I'm going to go SGA. Yep. Why are you going SGA? Yo, I feel like him, Jokic, LeBron in the playoffs, (laughs) Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, and like Luka are the five guys that I just know are going to have a good game Mm. night in, night out. And I would all, you know what, uh, uh, my fellow Greek brother and I feel like Giannis too. Giannis just cares about the regular season. That's why I think a lot of people gravitate to him. Like he, like regular season to him, he, he goes hard. Like all the time. Sometimes it's like, yo bro, pull, pull back a little. Oh, that's it's true. The, it's the Wizards. He does. No, he, no offense. It's all right. No, but he does, he does, he does play <laughs> right? hard. He plays hard all the time. You're playing the Hawks on a back to back. You don't need to go <laughs> that crazy. Hey, chill, bro. We're, we We're got up 20. It. We, we got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but SGA, I think, and look, I was I was very high on the Thunder coming into the year. They were my, he was my dark horse MVP pick at 18 to 1. And, and it's going to haunt me if he does win MVP. I hope he doesn't win MVP because I'm going to be miserable that I didn't bet on him. Because I also had another pro better out here in Vegas. He was like, dude, I saw the video. Listen to your show. I like that call on, on uh, That's- SGA. That's so, that's a good you said you said he has the second best odds, right? Right now, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. That's a fantastic pick. I Sorry. can't even take a victory lap on that, bro, because like I didn't pull the trigger on betting on him. Dang. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And yo, look at the team that he's around. It's a really young team. Yeah. And he's the ringleader, and they look at him as as the ringleader. Yeah, he was all NBA the year before, but I just think that. He's probably, I would say he's more consistent than Luca. Okay. Would All you right. agree? Uh, not so much Luca. Luca, Luca 
Luca been a problem. He's a problem pretty much all the time. He's a problem yeah. for everybody. He's a problem for good teams. He's a problem for bad teams. Just certain nights, if he doesn't have it or he's just not as energized, I think those are the games where he drops. But like by and large, he's usually on. Mm. Um, I, I've got to go with the hyphenate boy as well. I got to go with SGA. Um, I'm going with it because when I looked at, I was like, they're really close. They are really close. And, you know, Anthony Edwards, he gives you the the more, you know, flashy slashing side of it and, you know, dunks and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, I looked at how they performed against the other great teams in the league. I didn't look at how they performed versus the Pistons or my Wizards. Um, I looked at how they performed <laughs> versus the Nuggets, how they performed versus the Lakers, the Lakers in L.A., the Clippers, um, the, the Celtics, and... Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man's scoring would do this. Yeah. This game, you know, this team, he may have dropped 30. This team down here, he dropped 21. SGA was like, I feel like, I want to say, was it the Clippers? He averaged like 38. And it was like in three games. I was like, dang. So like, just little stuff, you know, when you really look at that, that is going to, that's going to determine how they really fare going forward in the playoffs, those kinds of things, because you're only going to see the best. And if you're up down so much, yeah. Just not going to do it. You know what's crazy about SGA? He's actually, he scored this year the most points in the league so far. Okay. Luka averages the most points yeah, per game. Sure. Um, so it's it's one one and one for each each uh, category. Before we get into Anthony Edwards, and it's no slight to him, right? No, like He's always no. very difficult. And it's like, it's like what's the other one? Uh, Fuck, Mary kill. Yeah, Those yeah. are always like super controversial. And you're yeah. like, oh man, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that the other choices are just a little <laughs> bit better. But you mentioned something just now that I think is really important. And my favorite, one of my favorite things to bet on is NBA playoffs. Mm. NBA playoffs, I, I like betting on the correct series number. You could do a spread on the series. So if you have a really big favorite, you could say, hey, Nuggets by one and a half games. So they win in five or in six and you win your bet. Instead of laying minus one, you know, minus 500 on them to win the series, maybe you could bet on them minus one and a half at plus 105, right? So you find some value there. And especially if they have home court, you know, that's getting super nerdy. But you know what's really frustrating, bro? And it happened last year too. So many dudes miss time in the regular season that like you'll see some stat, right? And I'm going to just throw this out. I don't know if this is correct or if this is the exact record, but let's just say the Thunder play the Lakers in the first round, mm -hmm. right? Oh, the Thunder were 4-0 against the Lakers this year. But then you go back and you look and like, oh, AD didn't play in three of them. LeBron didn't play in two of the four. And then, you know, LeBron, LeBron stopped playing at halftime because they were down 30. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of other things that you got to <laughs> go into it where I feel like the Clippers are going to be a difficult handicap because of... You know, even though their guys have been relatively healthy this year, you always have to factor that in. Where in the past, right? One of my greatest calls ever, and I wasn't, I wasn't creating content then. I was baby. It was the the We Believe Warriors that year. Yeah. They were three and one against the Mavericks in the regular season. Yes, and everyone was healthy. Everyone was playing. Everyone was available. That that Mavericks team was the one seed. The Warriors were the eight seed, and Mavericks won like sixty five games. So I think it was 67. Yeah. And, and Dirk was MVP. Dirk was MVP and they got bounced in the first round. Mm. And, and I remember telling my dad, I was like, yo, we got to bet the Warriors. He's like, bro, it's, they're the eight seed. I'm like, yeah, but they beat them all these times in the regular season. I think they were like plus 500 to win the series. Yeah. Bam, we ended up betting on it. And 
now it's so much more difficult. Like you really got to go back to each, each individual box score game of a Thunders and Lakers and be like, all right, they're, were they 4-0, oh, dude? LeBron didn't play in two of them. AD missed three of the games. AD jammed the pinky in the fourth game, so he left early. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, maybe I should bet the Lakers now that they're fully healthy against yeah. the Thunder. So it's something really important, man. When you're betting on NBA playoffs, which, you know, it's right around the corner, basically, in a month, it'll be the playoffs for the yeah. most part. Month, month and a half. And Yeah, the playing games. It's it's important to be remembering not to fall into the trap of oh this team was three and zero against them in the regular season you got to go and look and, and and not just look look at the games before and after because remember oh was it a back to back oh was you know like what was the nature of the team at that moment right. were they hot at that time yeah like you know what I mean like now like were the Lakers cold yeah. at that moment you know all of those things because when it when they get into that soup of we got to lock in for seven games with this one team. Yeah. It's different. It's different, man. It's different. it's different. And the other reason why I love betting on NBA playoffs is because you know LeBron is going to play 40 minutes. Mm. Giannis is going to play 47 minutes. <laughs> yeah. There's no minute restrictions. You know, if the point total is 30 and a half points for Giannis, yeah, I'll probably take the over because I know, you know, there's always a chance for a blowout, but a lot of that could be because of Giannis. Mm. So I like what you said. It's it's the same team for two weeks. If it's a long series, there's an even amount of time in between the games. Mm -hmm. You know, you said, is it a back to back? Is it? Did the Thunder beat the Lakers when it was LeBron's first game back after a three week injury? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Exactly. Even though, again, I'm just using them as examples. These yeah. these I don't know if they were four and zero against the Lakers. I'm just saying as an example. For you guys to understand this, is, is this his first, was AD on a minutes restriction, only 12 minutes because he was out for two months. With a bad hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of shit you got to go back and look. And that's how you could gain an edge on the sports books mm. during the NBA playoffs. Mm. It's really important. And it's legit one of my favorite things to bet on, man. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I, look, I, I like I like betting. It's, you know, look, I like betting this time of year because... Uh, we talked about it with NFL. You're getting their best. So what do you thing. think yeah. is this team's best? Is their best this? And then, you know, but I will say the one thing I will say, and we really saw it a lot last year, um, you also got to remember the officiating aspect of it. Okay, what kind? how are they officiating these teams? Yeah. This style, this team likes to do this. Are they allowing them to do that? If they are, then okay. I can, I can rock with it's it. Scott Foster reffing for Chris Paul where he's, exactly. he's 2-28 and 28 exactly. in games that he refs for him. <laughs> Where's Scott Foster falling in the lineup of games? Like, all of those things, like, it's a lot, man. It really, really is a lot. But like you said, if you pay attention to all those little things, you're going to be, by and large, better off with putting your money out there. Dude, we'll end with this because... You know, oftentimes you'll get the schedule of the referees that are officiating. Yeah. Unless and, uh, they switch it. Unless they switch it. But I don't know. Maybe now they probably would. But this was before, like, betting really got as popular as it is. Mm. And it had to do with Scott Foster where he was officiating a Chris Paul series. And he was officiating, I think, either game four or five. It was a later game. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Chris Paul team was up in the series. So my buddy... He bet against them, accounting for the Scott Foster 
implementation yeah. of the series. Yep. So where Chris Paul was up 2-1 in the series, he bet it as if it's 2-2. Yep. Because he's like, bro, he's going to lose that game. Yep. He ended up getting like plus 250 on the team that was down 2-1. Fast forward about eight days later, they end up winning the series. Yep. So yep. that's that's some sneaky shit, you, man. I mean, look, that's high level. You you definitely you definitely definitely want to see is is this team a three pointing team a three point shooting team? How are they officiating the three point line? How are they how are they you know are they getting out on the break to get good looks? Are they hitting their shots? All those things you got to you got to you know it's it's feel, but then you got to see what what happens too. Yeah, you know I mean, you can always change change course if you don't like what you see. So. Shit, man. I can't wait for the playoffs. <laughs> I really can't. And to, to end this, uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards, do you think he might be the coolest player in the league? Mm-hmm. I feel like he got the most swag, bro. He was in the movie already. He, like, he, he gives off, um, he gives off personality. Yeah, like the NBA is is I I feel like one of the reasons why the product I won't say is dying, but the product isn't as eye catching is because the personalities, man. Like there aren't any personalities. These kids don't. They're robotic. We already talked about you know everybody being buddy buddy, nobody wanting to put themselves out there, and I want to win. You know what I mean? And like he does, he does come across as one of those kind of throwback type kids. We don't know if he's Michael Jordan's son or not. I'm not going to say that out loud. Nah. But like, you know what I mean? Just little things um, about him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's definitely he's definitely a throwback type player. And um, it just sucks he's in Minnesota. Well, yeah, you know, he, he got that aura to him where Minnesota could turn into like, if they win. Right? Obviously, you got to win. Not even KG. Like, he could surpass KG. Wow, you think so? If you win, KG didn't win in Minnesota. No, he did not. But what I'm saying, what I'm getting to is like, bro, was Kansas City the biggest market in the NFL until Mahomes got there? No, it wasn't. And no. They're not no. the Cowboys, but now they get six primetime games a year. Yes. They're yes. a marquee franchise. The value of the franchise went up. And what I'm saying about yeah. Anthony Edwards is, yeah, bro, if he wins with Minnesota, all of a sudden— it was the same argument that I would make with Denver when people were shitting on the Denver Heat series last year and everyone was talking about, oh, no one's going to watch it. Who cares about that? It's like, bro, who cared about Golden State? Yeah. Prior to Curry getting there. Yep. And the Splash Brothers. And then they win all these championships. And now they're, bro, if Golden State isn't in the finals, their ratings are going to be down. Yeah. So who's to say that oh, Anthony fair. Edwards, you know, they make the finals this year and they win it. Right now, he's done something that Garnett didn't do in Minnesota. Marbury didn't do. No one has yeah. ever done. And then you're looking at Minnesota as, yo, bro, they could be his his stardom elevates. Oh my god! Yeah, when, like that's yeah, no shit. Through but I'm roof. saying the team, the value of the team goes up. Now Minnesota is not a punching bag. They're not just another team. It's like, oh shit, they're gonna get the 47 marquee primetime games a year. Like yeah. he has that kind of charisma to him. He shows up to games in hoodies. Like, he don't get all swagged down and dressed up. Like, he's who he is. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's pretty cool, too. Like, SGA got the best drip probably in the league. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's showing up with the most crazy outfits. He's but, up there. But Anthony Edwards, he got that thing to him where he can elevate. Bro, what were the Bulls before Jordan got there? 
They weren't yeah. like the Lakers and the Celtics. They were the traveling, uh, traveling cocaine show is what they, is what Mike right. Rodney said. <laughs> yeah. With the last dance. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. And, and look, I know it's, it's high expectations, but I think Anthony Edwards has that in him mm. to elevate a franchise to be like the golden state of the last decade. Or, you know, we know that like Tatum was, Tatum is a star cause he's on the Celtics and like, yeah, he's an amazing player. But the Celtic brand isn't going to get elevated because of Tatum. No, no. Just like the Lakers didn't get elevated because it's LeBron. Like they were still the, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that, and that's And that's what I think Anthony Edwards, like the kind of charisma that he has. Yeah. It's similar to if like Tyrese Halliburton did, did it in Indianapolis and took the Pacers to the finals and did something that Reggie never did. Right. Um, Yeah, that, that would, that would definitely blow into something totally different where it's like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like now all the sure, eyeballs are definitely. on that team. That's that's fair. That's fair. I will I, look. I'll put it this way. Right off of what you just said, um, Denver winning last year. Denver going on that run forced me to watch Denver. And it forced everybody to watch Denver. And bro. I respect and and I grew so much admiration and respect for Luke uh, for Luca for uh, um, for Jokic off of that run because I actually had to sit and watch him play and I was like, this boy is dope. But like so many of us weren't really ever even watching the games. Like we were just like, oh, okay, whatever. He's getting triple doubles. But like whenever I'd watch him, he just didn't really strike me as much. But then when I actually watched him and locked in, oh my goodness, he's amazing. Yeah. And this is why a couple months ago and for years now, I've been saying that there are a handful of athletes in each sport that I feel like are underpaid. Mm. And I think it goes way past the court. Like, this is like legacy shit. Yeah. Like, how many people now are going to be Warriors fans because of Steph? Yeah. Like, you have generations down the pipeline that are going to want to go watch Golden State play because of him. Bulls. With, yeah, with Jordan. Well, yeah, Bulls. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, think about it. There, like were there so- are certain players that make the team reach heights. Yeah. That it never would have without the player. And then yeah. there are certain teams that do that for the player. That's what I think the Lakers and the Celtics do in the NBA. That's what I think Barcelona and Real Madrid do in soccer. Yeah. Like the shield is always going to be. The shield. Yeah. But then when a player comes from like. You out know, of nowhere. Out of, out nowhere, of nowhere. And yeah. elevates the club to be that. That's where they reach that aura and superstardom. No, no. And that's, that's fair because look at it this way. The Bulls. When Jordan was there, they they had sold out so many seats that they couldn't even like. So when Jordan retired, there were so many people that never could get to a game that never actually that never actually could have season tickets that were able to. They didn't run out of that until like 2012. Yeah, and by that point they had hit Derrick Rose again. So then they were now elevating it again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. a thousand percent correct. Steph helped build the Chase Center. Yeah, there's now going to be, like you said, a legacy of people that came to being a Warriors fan because of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, all those guys. Yeah, Anthony Edwards got that in them, bro. And look, they're a top two seed right now. Yeah. If they can make some noise, I don't entirely trust them, but you know, maybe maybe this year is different for them. They are playing like it's different for them. They're a top two seed right now. Them and the Thunder. I think both of the head coaches have a legitimate case to be head coach of the year. But we're going to see this home stretch is going to be important. And 
let's see if he can answer the call now, man. He went out there on a public forum and he said, hey, we got us talking about it. And so many other outlets are doing this conversation because it made headlines. Yeah. And I think now there's a lot of pressure on him, but his swag, I think, can, it can do that. I think he could definitely do that. I'm with you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Veterans Minimum once again. If you want to reach me or reach anything for this show, my social media is at NickDayas10, at Veterans Minimum for all things Veterans Minimum. Josh, where can they find you and what are you working on? We are at the American Fan 365. Uh, got the uh, the Jersey Jam coming up. So, uh, so March Madness. Uh, got 64 slots. Please DM me your favorite jersey. If it is available, I will lock you in and you have the ability to win that jersey if you go all the way to the championship round and I'll get you an autographed version of it. Last year's winner was uh, one of my original kids that I coached, John Vu won with the Charles Barkley uh, Rising Suns throwback. So he got an autographed Charles Barkley jersey. That's a very dope idea, man. I've been thinking about what I could do for the show too. I just haven't. You said shoes. Yeah, sneakers might be it. Yeah. You said shoes before. Yeah, but I don't want someone to, you know, the Red Octobers win, and then I got to promise them Red Octobers that cost twenty thousand dollars. I ain't, I ain't say, I ain't, look, I ain't say you had to buy the shoe. I uh, said, I said you said shoes. Okay, okay, fair. <laughs> all right, cool. It could be a veterans minimum package. Yeah, you have that capability. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. on the other hand, do not. <laughs> That's a fact. We'll catch you guys later this week. I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, beat a venison. Death. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be 